everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm Heather. I'm Chauncey, and today we have an amazing interview and time hanging out with a sister dynamic that we're super happy to have, Emily and Lindsay from Think Presently. Can you please tell everyone about how amazing you are? Uh, you want to go first? <laughs> I'm Lindsay, um, and I'm the older sister. I'm Emily. I'm, I'm the younger sister. And we both... Um, have OCD and anxiety, but we both have different types of OCD and anxiety. Yeah. So we started, um, this brand called presently actually. So all of our handles and our website is think presently just because presently is a very common name. And so it was kind of taken. So we are, our official name is presently, but think presently everywhere else out there. Um, but yeah, so we started this company last summer in the midst of the pandemic. Um, you know, just going through a lot of what everyone else was going through, which was anxiety, uncertainty, um, all of that fun stuff. Um, and so we kind of realized it would be helpful to have like a reminder on our wrist of the things that our therapist would talk to us about. But like when we're not with our therapist, it's a little bit difficult, um, you know, to kind of remember everything, especially when your mind is so foggy with all these like worry thoughts. Um, and so when looking for bracelets with sayings on them, which, you know, we all know is a popular thing to have, we didn't really find anything that was resonating with us. Um, a lot of the phrases were, you know, positive vibes only and be happy. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Some things that just like aren't super helpful when it comes to having anxiety. Um, and so, you know, using cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what we both had went through, um, both go both go go to therapy for um you know these are phrases that we personally learned in therapy and that have helped us and we thought that anybody even if you don't have an anxiety disorder can benefit from i love that i do love that because those necklaces and bracelets that we all have seen over there's like um you know be be happy be like you know just like very toxic positivity which is not yes. like it's not bad but it's not healthy because like you know people with anxiety like myself it's not always great to see those little like mantras. Like you want something that really yeah. connects to you. So I think your brand personally, I feel like really takes the deep thought of like people with anxiety first, let them know like it's okay to have like a day. Yeah. It's exactly. okay to be you, which I think is important. So I, that's why I really personally love your brand. And portions of your bracelet also go to help um, mental health, uh, you know, the organizations, I believe, correct? Yes. Yeah, so every um, bracelet purchased, we donate $5 of the bracelet to um, different, a variety of different charities. And we thought it was kind of important to give people the option because, you know, there's charities that focus on many different things. So there's one, um, it's called International OCD Foundation, which is obviously more focused on OCD. Uh, we have the um, Anxiety and Depression Association of America and um, Child Mind Institute, which is more focused on like children's um, mental health. And then we have the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which is like specifically the New York City division. So everybody kind of has something that they're, you know, if there's they're passionate about something, they can kind of choose which um, organization their purchase goes to. Yeah. And which great. is great. I mean, giving back is awesome. And the reason, well, we wanted to bring you on to the podcast for several different reasons. One of them, obviously to let everybody know about your awesome brand and then the great stuff that you're doing with it. Um, but also to 
anxiety is something that is a wide ranging um, thing. I think a lot of people have to deal with and some people who maybe, you know, are new to the term anxiety, don't really know anybody um, who has anxiety, or maybe they do. And that person with anxiety doesn't say that they have anxiety. Um, they don't really know anything about it or how to gauge it or what to do. And a lot of times I think anxiety in their heads is maybe, you know, forced to the extreme part where it's debilitating and that's not always the case. So we on this podcast want to talk about anxiety in general, what it is and the different ranges that anxiety has. And then also to how to be a friend or be able to listen or be helpful and understanding and empathetic with those who do have wide ranging anxiety. So first question, what exactly is anxiety to you guys? Or like, how do you guys deal with it? I would love to hear it because I think for you guys to talk about anxiety is really a big deal, especially in this time. Like this generation is so outgoing with their expression of anxiety that like the young, the older generation, they used to hide their anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that's why when parents ask you, what does anxiety mean? Can you tell them exactly what does anxiety mean? Cause they don't know. Some parents don't know like what it really means. Yeah. I think the part that is so important to us, like how come we're always taught in school about um, how the body works, right? And like how every part of your, like you learn about every piece of your body pretty much, but you're never taught about your mind and you're not talk about, taught about what goes on in your mind and what can happen in your mind and thoughts that you could have that are totally part of the human nature to have those to have those thoughts and those worries. And that's just part of, you know, life, just part of life. And like, why is that something that is so, it's like taboo to talk about. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, um, you know, uh, what's it called? It's so, what's the word? Any more context. (laughs) (laughs) No, but no, like the thing is, I knew you were saying, yeah, like people think if you say have anxiety, it's like, oh, you have mental health issues. Like something's not right with you. Like people make you feel bad. And like you did said earlier, you guys have OCD. I have OCD and I figured that out. Yeah. I figured I found out I had OCD watching um the movie as good as it gets with jack um uh-huh. what's his name what's oh my god he's an amazing actor too and i can't think of his name um jack nicholson and uh-huh. he had ocd in the movie and i was watching that in freshman year of health science class and i was like i do those things and then right. i was just wondering i was like oh i do that and then i told my mom i was like yeah you do do those things a lot and i went to the doctor a therapist and she's like yeah you have ocd but i was like over 20 years ago now Right. But I didn't like, know where it was. Exactly. And that's like, that's the crazy part to me is that like, I remember there was like a true life. I have OCD. Yes. Um, with the doorknobs. Yeah. So like, yes. even before I knew I had OCD when I was, I basically, so I, I'm just taking over the show right now. Um, <laughs> so I go, go ahead. Speak your piece, girl. <laughs> speak speak your truth, girl. That's what we're here for. I, um, I realized I had OCD when I was in middle school and my OCD and anxiety started um, just as it's a, it's common, but it's, you know, it could be, um, you know, like tapping something a certain amount of times, shutting the lights off a certain amount of times, getting worried that if I didn't do something um, a certain way, then somebody would 
get hurt who's close yes to me. I had the same um, with my mom I think it's something that if I don't do this thing my mom's gonna die and I don't know where it came yeah. from but yeah right and so, so cool. I think I don't want to cut you off Lindsay but is okay just for somebody who does not have the things that you guys are talking about um as a reference and as more understanding being able to understand this subject more uh OCD and anxiety, do they go parallel or are they hands in hand, like hand in hand? What, what, how, how do they correlate? Yeah. So, um, basically obsessive compulsive disorder is you have these like obsessive intrusive thoughts that lead to repetitive behaviors. And the reason that people with OCD do these behaviors is to get rid of the anxiety that those thoughts are bringing. So if someone has anxiety, uh, sorry, if someone has OCD, they're most likely they they definitely have anxiety. It's not most likely like that's kind of what fuels the compulsions is to, you know, you have anxiety about something happening to a parent or something. So the compulsion is to flip the light switch on and off. Um, if someone has anxiety, you know, you might still be anxious that something's going to happen to your parent, but there's no, you know, repetitive behaviors. There's no irrational behaviors that kind of come with that. Um, so I guess for me, like I was always an anxious child. Um, and so, you know, I had separation anxiety and I didn't like to go to sleepovers and, um, you know, cried before going to school every day, like in middle school. And so my whole, or like up until like six years ago, I was just, you know, I thought I had anxiety. Um, but then, you know, I went to a therapist and it turns out that I had OCD as well, but it wasn't the same kind of OCD that Lindsay had, where she was kind of like flipping light switches um, and doing things that, you know, we in, in wise mind know are not rational, like the flipping the light switch is not going to, you know, make or break anything. Yeah, exactly. But, but for me, it was more like um, mental compulsion. So like, you know, if I was afraid that I did something when I was drinking and I, you know, I didn't drink a lot, but for some um, reason, you know, I had the feeling like, what if I, what if I drink too much and I don't remember something that I really, you know, that I did, but I don't remember. So it's like, it's, it's almost like it can, it's a wide range. Um, so it can be like something as debilitating as like, I'm afraid that my parents are going to die to, you know, I, I sat on the subway and now I'm going to have like a disease or something, you know, like, oh, no. which is also the same, like kind of like level of irrationality, but, and it could be just as, as debilitating as that, yeah. because what your what then happens is like your mind goes into like a hyper-focus, like almost like a black hole. You almost like get sucked into this vortex and there's nothing else that you can think about, but that scary thought and the what ifs that kind of happen after, like all of the what ifs, you know, your mind starts to wonder of like, what if this happened and what if that happened? And, and it literally just takes you in and, and it's hard to kind of get out of that. Yes. And um, yeah, so, so yeah, it, anxiety and OCD um, have so many different forms that it's so hard to identify. And for me, I knew I had OCD in middle school, but then in high school, I had like my first panic attack, real panic attack. And it came in the form of me all of a sudden having this feeling and un this unknown feeling of like, whether, how do I know if I'm alive or if I'm, or if 
I'm dead or if my family's alive or they're dead. And my mom, and like my whole body just shut down. Like, just like, imagine, imagine thinking that and like, how do you like truly believe and truly believing it. And, but also not knowing how to get the answer and like how to get reassurance from that because it's so out there, the thought, but it feels so real and it could be, could be very true. So that part of the OCD that I experienced in high school, I didn't know that that was part of OCD. And that was like an interesting thing. And even like talking about it now, it's like, I knew I had OCD when I was like, prior to like, even before this whole like panic attack, but I didn't realize that like, it can go to that extent. And that's part of like existential um, OCD, OCD basically. (laughs) Um, And so like it transforms into so many different types and things. And that's why it could be really tricky to identify and also um, it's scary because, you know, your anxiety could kind of change any day based on anything that's happening in your life or just even nothing's happening and your mind is just wandering and thinking and, you know, doing all the things as it's supposed to do, but it latches onto these, um, fears and thoughts that are hard to shake, shake. So, with that, do you, when you had your first panic attack, right? Like if I had panic attacks, when I have panic attacks, I feel like I'm hungry. Isn't that feeling when you need to eat something, but you're really hungry and you can't catch your breath? That's how my panic attacks are. So when you right. have panic attacks or if you still have them, which you know, we all do still occasionally and people who don't have really anxiety, they still have panic attacks. Right. How, how do you, do you let your friends know or your family members know you're having a panic attack? Because that's like, that used to be like shameful to have them in public. Like, yeah. how do you do, I, were you guys ever ashamed of having panic attacks? Because I no, was ashamed I mean, at first. I, I wasn't, I was very much scared, very much like, I did, I ended up like missing a lot of school in high school because of this. And like, this is some, this was something that I couldn't shake off for a year or two and like was going to therapy about because I would constantly, I'd get a little better, but then something would trigger me and I would have the same thought and go into that like nervous you know um like I literally just wanted to like curl in bed because I was like so scared of having basically I was so scared of having the thought that I like couldn't do anything and it was um even like having the panic attack I'd never experienced that before so like my panic attacks I was literally like just my stomach was like eating me alive. Like I just, you know, like everything was coming out of me, <laughs> like <laughs> as, as graphic as it is, but it's no, just like, you not... no, um, like, no, that's not graphic. I love how you're sharing your truth because it's honestly like that, that makes people feel comfortable talking to other people about that. So yeah. like, first of all, like Heather and I are just happy at just speaking like your truth, because that's a lot to say. Like yeah. that's hard for people to admit they have anxiety or have OCD or panic attacks mm-hmm. and spending everything out of you that's perfectly fine like we're adults like, <laughs> so I mean that's that is what someone I think majority of people would say is debilitating on like one side of anxiety and like you know those are all very real and, and very scary things um that you've talked about now my thing is okay. Well, what is on the opposite spectrum? Because for yep. me, I like, I mean, I have some anxiety-filled moments, but like for me, the thoughts that go through my head, it's like, well, a lot of the times, it's like, you know, if I'm getting ready to make a big life transition, 
or something like that, then I'm just like, then I, I go through the what ifs. But the thing is, is like, right. I know that they're what ifs. And I was like, okay, stop it, Heather. Like, just stop. You yeah. can't what if your life away. So just stop and, you know, acknowledge these thoughts and then let them go and then go do something else. And then I'm fine. Right. right. And then I'm fine. Right. Um, so I mean, is, I guess, would that be like what a form of anxiety and, but you're like, just able to really just let those thoughts go. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, everybody has anxious thoughts and everybody is worried. Like you, it's natural to worry about something. If you don't, if you're not worried about anything in life, you know, I feel like I'd be worried for it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not preach, you know, girl, it's, preach. It's, it's a totally normal thing to experience. I think when it becomes, um, you know, an anxiety disorder, it's more the, the differentiating point is how much it interferes with your life and how much it, um, you know, takes away from, from being productive and how debilitating it is. So I think if you have anxious thoughts in your, in, in your normal, you're, you know, anxious about things like a big life change, a big move, a job change, like stuff like that. It's completely, you know, it's completely normal. I think when it gets to be a problem and it, when it gets to like, to the point where you, you might want to like decide to change some of your, um, you know, change some of your behaviors or change, try to change the way you think and all that stuff um, is when it, you know, it, it really interferes with your everyday life. Um, and so like for me on the opposite end of the spectrum and even past me, there's like another, you know, everybody's different essentially. Um, so I never really had those existential thoughts about, um, you know, is life real? Am I real right now? Like, you know, did I just, I'll just bring up another one that she gets a lot. Like, did I just get hit by a car and I don't know, you know, like things like that. Like, am I dead right now? Like, those are like scary, scary things for someone, for me. For, yeah, so for me, um, I don't experience that really as much. I think my anxiety probably um, resonates with a lot of people who just, you know, have anxious thoughts and that can easily like push them away. Um, I think for me and for someone who has OCD, um, those those um, anxious thoughts might be super common. It's just the the amount of time and energy I put into having those thoughts and like the amount of time it takes up in my day um, makes it debilitating. So it's not really the content that makes it debilitating. It's like how much it really eats into your daily life. Um, and so, you know, I would have, you know, relationship anxiety. There's actually something called relationship OCD, which I learned yes. in therapy. Um, so it's definitely common. And that's interesting too, because those fears are so like common that, um, you know, someone with just those fears would never, you know, you wouldn't normally think like, oh, this is OCD. It's it more just so is gets to become OCD when you're doing things over and over again, like checking your feelings or replaying memories or asking your partner questions over and over again. Um, you know, if you're, if you're nervous about taking a test, um, and you have like a nervous stomach, you know, most people, um, you know, they, they feel that anxiety, but they, it kind of just like passes on their own. It doesn't really like interfere so much with their, you know, test taking, but, you know, if someone has, um, you know, a little bit more debilitating OCD, you know, they might not be able to focus during the test. They might, um, you know, be late going to the test because they're, you know, so busy 
freaking out about the test, you know? So it's like, and even after the test, right. What yes. happens after the test as well? Like, even though you've took it, you've taken the test, the test is over. You There's nothing no you control. can do about it. You, you, you just, you can't like shake off the anxiety that you still have about the test. What so if like, I, what if I failed? What if I, you know, I didn't finish the test, like things like that. Um, where it kind of just like lingers and you're ruminating and, and you're going to try seeking reassurance. Yeah. So with OCD, like I know, like I have rituals and you have said you had rituals before. Have you ever tried to hide like your rituals from people? Like, in, like, you know, like for instance, I count sometimes when I'm like, I will start counting like carpet or like tiles or whatever. Do you guys ever like when I'm like anxiety attack, I start counting. Do you guys ever try to hide your from like friends or new friends who don't know you have anxiety? I mean, so like for me, I when you're younger, when you're younger, of course. Yeah, when like I feel I feel like a lot of anxiety and OCD is internal. So it's so easy for somebody like if you just met me or if you if you're my coworker, you had no idea that I have OCD or that I'm suffering from all these thoughts that I have during the day. And there would be no way for anyone to know because a lot of the things that I would have, the rituals that I would have are more um, things mentally that I would, you know, just self-check and all those kind of things. But, you know, it was sometimes like when I had roommates, it was like, okay, I would have to check the stove to make sure it's off. And then I had to go back and check the stove. And it was like, and it's to the point where it's not that I was embarrassed, but it was more like, I knew that they would tell me to, go back to my room because like, you know, trying not, they were trying to help in the way that, you know, what you're supposed to do is like not give in to those obsessions and compulsions. That brings me to another question. If, you know, it, what what's considered helpful and what's considered a pain to deal with when you, as a person like me, I mean, I may have said things, I mean, shoot, I may have said things to Chauncey that I had like no idea. And then she was like, that is not helpful. You know what I mean? Like she's thinking about it, that it is not helpful or anything like that. And I'm just like, so practical about it that I have like no idea like, what I'm actually saying is a lightweight offensive. So yeah, what's the best way to approach people with anxiety? Because like Heather says, like, she, I don't, I can't put, like, I can't pin a time you've done that to me, but people in my life have done that. They'll say like, oh, well, just get over it. Like, you're fine. Like, I just, I just like do this or pray about it. Like, which is completely fine. But it's like, kind of like, you got this. It's like talk, dismissive. Talk, dismissive. Like, I know they mean good intent. You know, they mean good right. intent. Like they're your family, yes. your friends, but it kind of irks you a little bit. Cause you're like, well, excuse me. Do you know what I'm going yeah. through? So like, how can people be better friends, family members, like better allies to people who yeah. have to yeah. suffer with this sadly. So um, I think this is like a big part of why we started presently is because, um, you know, like you were saying, a lot of the things in culture and in retail um, have these kinds of sayings that, you know, are intended to be, you know, mood lifting or, you know, maybe they're inspirational for some people. Right. But, but, um, you know, the real way to um, combat anxiety is to actually let yourself feel the anxiety. And so all of those things kind of tell you to like, don't worry, be happy or hakuna matata. Like, you know, that's <laughs> kind of like, that's, that's my favorite example, but it's like, it's like, don't worry about it. But like you're, if you have anxiety, 
or if anybody has anxiety and you're worried about something and you're just kind of pushing it away, um, that's only going to make the anxiety worse. Um, because you know, you're, you're suppressing your feelings, um, and you're not sitting with the reality of what you might be anxious about. Um, so, you know, helpful things to do. This is more, I think, helpful for OCD is like, you know, you might fail the test or you might not fail the test. We won't know. And like, you have to sit with that anxiety and that uncertainty and like be comfortable with that. Um, you know, if someone has, um, anxiety that's, you know, it's not OCD, it's, um, you know, what if I say something embarrassing in class? Um, you know, you might, you might say something embarrassing and that's okay. Like that's, that's the kind of, um, that's the kind of response that is more, might sound harsh, but is a little bit more helpful than um, saying, you know, don't worry about it. You're, there's nothing to worry about. You're being ridiculous. So, um, you know, if you, if you know someone with anxiety, um, you know, try to say like, I'm here for you. And, you know, how are you feeling? How are you like, feeling? I might not know what you're going through, but I'm, I'm here for whatever you need me for. Um, you know, I'm here to listen to you. Um, I'm here to problem solve with you, you know, stuff like that. So it's not, you know, I'm not telling my friends like, it's a, like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay because I don't know that everything's going to be okay. And that's not reality. Um, and so it's almost like tough love in a way. Um, and so, you know, when, when someone like a parent says to you, I don't know what you're so worried about, like you have it so easy or this and that, like that is like dismissive and, and, you know, it's almost like invalidating what you're feeling and all of your feelings are valid. Everything that you're feeling, everything that you're anxious about, it's valid. It's just, you know, the way that you react to those, um, anxious thoughts, that's going to kind of get you out of the hole. Yeah, that's great because everything you said is like so true. Like I'd rather hear those things than like, oh, you got this, girl. Like, <laughs> oh please, I'm so sick of that. But um, <laughs> so with your brand presently, can you give us like you guys said you guys started? Of course, the pandemic was has been hard on everyone for the past like almost two years now. So give us like a little backstory, like how you guys started, like what's your intention, like where do you guys see yourself going in the next couple of years? Because this brand right here is very like it's something that's phenomenal. Like you need to keep doing it because people need to have this on their radar to wear something that means intention. You're, you're like looking cute at the same time, but you're feeling good in the side. You're feeling cute inside, which I think is really important. So tell us more like your brand, like what do you guys want to do with it? Like, I want to hear everything about it. Yeah. So, um, Go I guess for like it. I, I, I'm the brand spokesperson. She's the <laughs> compassionate one. Oh, it's like, that's me, that's me and Heather, me and Heather, but we have, we have our, we have our separates. <laughs> Great. It's perfect dynamic. Um, yeah. So essentially we started this more so as like a fun thing to do that we, we, you what really kind of inspired us was like the fact that there was like nothing really like this. And I think that's what like kept us going is because, you know, like when I was looking for it for myself, I couldn't even find it. And I couldn't even know what freeze I needed. And it like took me time to like think and like go to my therapy session again and like think about the things that she would say to me. Um, and so that's like, what's really um, important to us about this is that it's kind of just like giving people tools that they might not be able to get um, you know, especially if you, if you don't go to therapy, 
um, you know, you can't afford it. Or, I mean, there's totally, there's tons of other alternatives out there, but it's just a nice like supplement to have. Um, because, you know, when you go to our site, you can read about each phrase. Um, and so once you read the phrase and you kind of understand what it means, then having it on your wrist is just, you know, a little bit like a, a reminder of the way that, um, you know, the way that shifting your mindset can actually help you overcome anxiety. Um, so I think, you know, right now it's like super small, you know, it's, it's just me and Lindsay. Um, and right now it's kind of like a side hustle, I guess you could say, um, because we both have full-time jobs as well. We love um, that. But we love a side hustle I here. Mean, we yeah. Love it. And I think, I, and I think like, you know, being on podcasts like this, um, and just like talking to more and more people is like our main mission right now, just because I think it's, you know, it's important to explain the reasoning behind the brand. And it's important just to like get the conversation started about mental health, which is another reason why we created it so that we could share everything that we know and everything that we've experienced. Um, because like I have friends that had gone through similar things and didn't share it with me until I started sharing it on yeah. social media. So it's like, every, every day there's like someone new that's like, oh my God, I've like experienced the same thing. Like you never know what anyone else is going through. Um, and so right now I think that's, you know, the main goal. Um, currently we are only selling bracelets just because that's sort of like something that, you know, is on your wrist. You see it all the time. Um, whereas like a necklace, it's kind of like, you know, you don't get to see it as much. I mean, you see it in the mirror, but you know, you get the point. And then, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get the point. So is it handcrafted? We so the bracelets, the plaques themselves, the engraved parts, we actually have them manufactured um, oh. by a jewelry manufacturer. And um, oh, I don't fancy. Know <laughs> so um, we have bracelets with chains on them. They are um, brass gold plated. So um, another really important thing for us is that we wanted this to be accessible to um, a lot of people. So we don't wanna make something that was kind of like, um, you know, low quality that when you wear it every day, it's gonna tarnish after a week, but we wanted also to make it um, affordable. Um, and, you know, that middle ground was this, you know, heavy gold plating, which, um, you know, so far so good. It's, it's really, um, pretty good quality. So, um, we have those chain bracelets and then we actually, it's so funny. We, um, we have beaded bracelets also, and we bead them ourselves. Um, we also have macrame bracelets that we, we make ourselves. So sometimes when we have like a whole big, um, influx of orders, we're kind of just like sitting there, like, like little, like little elves. <laughs> Or like little like women in a sewing shop or something like literally like, <laughs> like it's like and I like had my dad's reading glasses on at some point like it's just it's just so like off the cuff like you know we're just in it and we're excited to be in it and if we could engrave bracelets ourselves we would <laughs> yeah truthfully because it. because it's hard to not have control over every part of that manufacturing process yeah uh, but it's working for us right now. Yeah. So from my point of view and perspective on this whole thing, like I've always championed myself for having OCD. Like I'm always 
that's always like a fun fact for me. Like I love throwing it out there because I know that someone else is experiencing something similar and they're just not as, they're just not, um, as open to sharing it. So I always wanted to like write a book and like help people understand like what my experience has been like with OCD and anxiety and like just because I've been through a lot of like crazy thoughts and and feelings and I know that so many other people suffer from it and suffer silently you know because it is such like a stigmatized thing to have anxiety to have OCD to have any sort of mental illness um and so that was a huge that was so important to me and that's something that I've always you know I always love talking about it. Like I always really enjoy helping people and helping people, you know, figure out like what they're anxious about or how they're feeling and, and stuff like that. So from that aspect, you know, when Emily had this idea that like, this was not on the market and nobody was doing this, I was like, this is, this is, this is our opportunity to like speak out and speak up about mental health. And because we have each other and we can support each other. We want it to be a support for others that are experiencing it, that don't have the support in their home or support from their friends. So it's something where it means a lot to us when we have, um, you know, um, customers or, or just people that are follower brand that say like, you know, thank you so much for telling your story because I, I've, I didn't realize that anyone else had these feelings. And I'm like, you know, it's so that's exciting for us because, you know, we're helping somebody along through their journey. So um, it's just important to share your story and yeah, like to be that. okay with it. Definitely. Okay. So where can people find these bracelets and purchase them? So um, we are thinkpresently.com is our website. And then on all social media platforms, you can actually purchase through Instagram or through Facebook. Um, we are at think presently. Um, so yeah, anywhere, if you Google at think presently, you'll find us, um, which is exciting. <laughs> We're on Google. If you Google mindfulness bracelets, that's us. It comes oh, up. Yeah, we, just oh, hit, we just hit, we just hit page one on the, uh, Yay! on SEO. That's amazing. Okay, so quick question before we go. What is your favorite saying for a bracelet? So mine is my thoughts are passing clouds. Um, this was the, the bracelet that kind of started it or the phrase that kind of started it. Um, it's actually something that Lindsay taught me before I even went to therapy. Um, and Good older sister. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all just about like being in the present moment. Um, I mean, all of them are about being in the present moment, but it's really just like this visual of having your thoughts kind of float through the skies, passing clouds. And, you know, you're not really concerned about where they're going or where they came from or what they mean. You know, you're kind of just observing it and you're in the present. Observing it from a distance as well. So that's, that's my favorite one. Lindsay, do you have yours? Uh, I would say um, embrace uncertainty is mine because everything I'm anxious about is this uncertainty of, of not knowing if something, if I'm alive or, or if alive or dead. Um, but, <laughs> but seriously, it, it, it's like the unknown and the fact that like life is uncertain. And like, that's something that had been like a realization that I, I still am trying to overcome and still try to like 
ask myself and continually, you know, like try to get myself to a point where I'm like, okay, no, I know that there is no certainty in life and that I don't need to know the answer and I'm okay and I'll continue on with whatever I'm doing. So that has really been something that um, I think everyone struggles with and especially during this time of the uncertainty of the pandemic and, and what tomorrow brings, we don't know. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really loved having you on and getting to hear you guys' stories and even your tips about anxiety and learning more about OCD. Uh, Really, really appreciate you educating me on all those lovely things and how to be an ally. Um, But yeah, until next time, Slay Nation, thank you so much again for listening and we'll see you later.